the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Skull Viking fans, it is Purple Mafia. Yes, I am Don Paladino. No, I... <laughs> nope, it is Paladino Joey, and this is Purple Mafia, episode number 23, Monday, January the 12th in the year 2009, and uh, I hope you like the new intro, as I love it, and uh, I thank... Dylan, our executive producer on the sportsstuff.com for coming up with this idea and uh, it is fantastic. I think it just fits this show perfectly and I hope you like it as well, Viking fans and fans of The Godfather because this is Purple Mafia. <laughs> and uh, well, as mentioned, we are available on the sportsstuff.com along with iTunes. Thank you, each and every one of you, for downloading and listening to this wonderful show. And welcome to the family. It is uh, fantastic to be a part of it. Uh, and to join the family on the sportsstuff.com, there is a message boards in the upper right-hand corner of the front page of the sportsstuff.com. Click the button that says TSS Boards. You'll be prompted to sign up. And that way you can interact with us podcasters along with the growing member community on the sportstuff.com. You can interact with podcasters, interact with shows, vote on the polls in the podcast section, the Purple Mafia section specifically today as we will have a poll talking about the quarterback selection or quarterback situation with the Minnesota Vikings. We have six choices. Going to talk about ten quarterbacks today, six that are a possibility for, that are just, there's no way it's going to happen. And, um, yeah, but I'm going to just bring them up because their names have been brought up, and I'll just say why it ain't going to happen. Some of you already understand why. Others, maybe, maybe you don't. Um, so we'll get to that very shortly. We're also going to talk about the second round of the playoffs. What the hell happened this weekend? What happened? Why are the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC Championship game? Philadelphia Eagles, too? Okay, uh, makes for a lot of fun, fascinating deal. Of course, neither the New York Giants or Carolina Panthers made it that I predicted. I was wrong, and I'm admitting it right here on air, as expected. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens made it, though. My little bold prediction with them, they are in the AFC Championship game, as are the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I did not pick. I thought the San Diego Chargers or Indianapolis Colts were going to fill in that position. They didn't. So, so be it. With that, we're going to come right back after this announcement and talk about the Vikings quarterback situation. 
here on the sportstuff.com. We're bursting in blue with Timberwolves explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on the sportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia episode number 23. And that is Cedric Griffin's number. Aren't you just thrilled to have that number? No, I'm kidding. Anyhow, <laughs> it is great to be back here on Purple Mafia. And the bit you just heard, Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. Do check it out as there is some positivity on that show. And uh, hopefully there will be some positivity on this show regarding a good quarterback coming to Minnesota at some particular time here in this offseason. Um, we're pretty much praying for it here in Minnesota. Well, as mentioned, we're going to talk about ten quarterbacks really quickly, six in that are a possibility of coming. But first, I'm going to talk about the four quarterbacks that are not going to happen. First of all, of course, a lot of people were talking about Donovan McNabb. That was a pipe dream. And now that the Philadelphia Eagles are in the NFC Championship game, and in my opinion, very strong possibility of going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, Donovan McNabb will not don purple next season. He is going to be donned a hero once again in Philadelphia for guiding his team on a massive playoff run. And the second choice, Kurt Warner, who is a free agent. Of course, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback who has guided them on a playoff run. Very unlikely as well to come to Minnesota because, well, Matt Leinart has not really proven he's ready to be a full-time starting quarterback. And look at Kurt Warner. Look at Kurt Warner. Look at the year he had. Uh, was a near-MVP candidate until the swoon late in the regular season. But now, well, they're better than we all expected anyway. Uh, a lot of us probably saw the Cardinals going to maybe the second round, maybe the third round. Yeah, they pretty much emphatically are in the third round right now. And who knows how long this run will continue for the Arizona Cardinals as they will host the NFC Championship game. Unfreaking believable that that's happening. But it is. Uh, he is not coming to Minnesota, in my opinion. There's just no chance. Quarterback number three, the pipe dream of all pipe dreams last offseason. Number four, Brett Favre. He wears the same number I wear in basketball because I'm fourth quarter Joey. <laughs> um, Brett Favre, not going to come to Minnesota. Possibility he may not come back again. Uh, well, it was a mess in New York, particularly in the second half of the season. Uh, fans, well, fans, I'm sure, liked him just fine. But the players calling him out in the locker room, not happy with Brett Favre this season. He had a Barry Bonds approach with the New York Giants, very much separated himself from the team, uh, did not really want to play there. He wanted to play here, and um, I'm sure, I mean, I, I don't blame him. I'm sure he'd probably have more success in the Dome than he would outside at this stage in his career. But, hey, I'm not convinced this guy's even going to play next year. A lot of people think he is done, and uh, the Vikings are just, they're not going to bring in Brett Favre. They don't want to deal with the headache. Why would they? That's just the way the Vikings always operate because uh, Childress and Wilf are not the types that are going to bring in that kind of personality to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, choice number four, a lot less exciting than the previous three, but a player the Vikings pursued 
heavily last offseason. We found out they were willing to give up two draft choices, first-round picks for Cleveland quarterback Brady Quinn, the golden boy, and the Cleveland Browns declined that trade offer. And um, now that he is a starting quarterback in Cleveland, uh, we're, we're not going to get Brady Quinn. So just figured I'd bring his name up because it got brought up. Being he was somebody the Vikings were eyeing at one point in time, I don't see that happening, even though he'd be a nice fit for the West Coast offense in Minnesota. But it just ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen, folks. So now we're going to slide over into six possible quarterbacks. That might be that might be available to come to Minnesota. First is St. Louis Rams quarterback Mark Bulger. Now he's a guy in fantasy football would drive you nuts over the years. Uh, <laughs> I had a tough time with him over the years. He's a very inconsistent player, but when on, he is on, and um, he's had some good seasons for the St. Louis Rams over the years. This year. Not quite the set, not quite the deal with him. The Rams, of course, two and fourteen this season. Mark Bulger was beaten out by Trent Green for a little while this year, and ended up being the starting quarterback again later in the season. He played fifteen games this season. His quarterback rating seventy-one point four, good for twenty-seven hundred twenty yards, um, only eleven touchdown passes and thirteen interceptions. Just nothing great right there. The year before, 11 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Uh, the stats just aren't really there for Mark Bulger the last two years. But the 2006 season would make you more of a believer when his quarterback rating was 92.9, so basically 93. Played all 16 games and threw 24 touchdowns, only 8 interceptions. Great season for Bulger, 4,300 yards. So this guy has had good seasons in his past but he's also had mediocre seasons. Like 2003, a lot of us thought he was this future star. But he only but he had, he had 22 touchdowns, but 22 interceptions as well back in 2003. That was his second full year, or that was the second year as a starting quarterback with the Rams. Um, only once eclipsed 100 quarterback rating for his career, for a season. That was when he played half the year in 2002 after Kurt Warner. Or, I mean, unseating Kurt Warner, excuse me. Kurt Warner was just started to fall apart that year. Not the same player. Bulger took over 14 touchdowns, six interceptions. Not a bad year. But overall, never the kind of numbers that would make you get too excited. And I can't say he's my top choice, but you gotta admit this guy would be a massive upgrade over Gus Surratt and Devaris Jackson in this particular time. And I also gotta think in a new system, he's gotta play a little better. And uh, hopefully, if the Vikings were to acquire Mark Bulger, they would be able to draft a talented wide receiver to go alongside Bernard Berrien because, really, there's two legit targets in the Minnesota Vikings passing game. Those are Bernard Berrien and now Vasante Shanko. With Shanko, who knows? So who knows if it's a trend or mirage with him. We'll find out. Um, but Bulger is a potential viable option. So now we're going to go on to the number two option, the guy who I personally would pick as my top choice. He'd be a bit more expensive, in my opinion. Uh, you're looking at it, probably a second-round pick and maybe more for Matt Hasselbeck, of course, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, who also had a down year. Now, the other thing you got to worry about with Matt Hasselbeck, well, he's had injury problems over his career. And this year, well, <laughs> this year was no different, the 4-12 and 12 
Seattle Seahawks. Matt Hasselbeck, only able to play seven games, had a very, very down season. He is 33 years old. He will be 34 on September 25th next year. So he's got some he's got some years left. He's not ancient. He's got time left. He's got about four probably good years of football left in him. Three to four years of good football left. Um, I got to think. I mean, this guy went healthy in 2007. He played all 16 games, 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, about 4,000 yards, quarterback rating 91 and a half. A uh, year before that, eh, a little mediocre, a little more mediocre. It seems like when he has injury problems, his number is just not looking so good. Quarterback rating drops about 20, about 15 points, and he throws 18 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. In the year that the yeah, Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, awesome year, 3,500 yards, 98 completion percentage, played all games that year. Uh Really, before the Super Bowl season, Matt Hasselbeck, for the most part, was fairly healthy in his career. Took over for Trent Dilfer in 01 with the Seattle Seahawks. Did pretty good there. Uh, did okay, actually. Number only seven touchdown, eight interceptions. But after that, started to get better. Kind of okay in 2002, 15 touchdown, 10 interceptions. But then after that, his touchdown passes were 26, 22, 24 after that the next three years. So Hasselbeck has had some success in the NFL and, of course, has had or has been to the Super Bowl. So he knows how to win big playoff games, and he's been to the biggest of the uh, of them all. Of course, his performance in that Super Bowl, not the greatest ever, but he hit the steel curtain that year, as did the Vikings. Uh, nobody could beat the Steelers when they were on that run that season. And uh, I'm going to give him a pass on that. So, to me, Matt Hasselbeck would be my top choice. You just got to hope and pray he doesn't have injury problems, and that is why you got to have a solid backup, possibly by the name of Tavares Jackson. Just maybe Tavares Jackson can be the permanent backup for the Minnesota Vikings. That wouldn't kill me. And then, of course, JDB, John David Booty, the third-string quarterback. I have a feeling he's going to be a fan favorite in this town. <laughs> I really do. Um it's always like the third-string quarterback is really the most popular guy in town, <laughs> so it seems. And that will be my conclusion on Matt Hasselbeck. To me, he is the cream of the crop in terms of the possible quarterbacks being available. Of course, they're going for some major changes in Seattle. They need to start over. A team that's not necessarily starting over, but this man's going to be available, Jeff Garcia. This guy has been brought up about a billion times to be a possible Vikings quarterback. The thing is, though, when you look at Jeff Garcia, first and foremost, now you make fun of how he kind of sounds a little fruity when he talks, right? Just a little bit. He's also going to turn 39 years old on February the 24th. 39. I know you don't need a long-term solution right now when you got a team that needs to win now and you have the Jared Allens, the Pat Williams, who's 34, folks. So you do kind of got to win now. And you don't know how long some of these guys are going to stay here. Um, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Even though Jeff Garcia's had massive success, his, his most success has been in the West Coast offense with the 49ers, of course. He had awesome seasons there. And that playoff run he had with the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago, replacing Donovan McNabb. I mean, that was an awesome season. Ten touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, overall, his stats are fantastic the last three years. I mean, look at the, look at, uh, his first year with Tampa Bay. 12 games, quarterback rating about 95, 13 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Sheesh. 
in this last year, 12 games, 90 rating, 12 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. So he doesn't make many mistakes, and he just flat gets the job done. Those are on teams, of course, that don't have a massive, uh, don't really have a major offensive style. They really don't. They're not an up-and-down style like, say, like the, the 90s Vikings or the San Francisco 49ers when Jeff Garcia was there. When his early years at San Francisco, he was throwing, throwing 30 touchdowns some of those years. I mean, holy moly, he had a massive success with the Niners until 2003 when his numbers started to dip a bit and he wound up with the Cleveland Browns and he kind of dwelled in mediocrity for two years with Cleveland and Detroit, especially in Detroit. It looked like his career was over. But then, of course, research with Philly as the backup. So he has had success. It doesn't look like he's really losing much with his age. But, uh, yeah, that would be about a one- or two-year deal, I would have to say, with Garcia, and that's it. Um, yeah, if you take Jeff Garcia, if you want to pick up Jeff Garcia, you got to draft a quarterback in the first or second round, third at the lowest, I think, at this point. So you can have some type of uh, quarterback of the future behind Jeff Garcia because I do not want Tavares Jackson or John David Booty as the quarterback of the future. I, I'm i sorry. If John David Booty is the kind of guy that's going to grow up as a quarterback and get really good, so be it. But let, let him earn it. Don't count on it happening. Uh, he's a fourth, fifth-round pick. I can't do it, folks. Can't do it. Um, now we're going to move on to choice number five. Now this guy also brought up. The next two quarterbacks also brought up, just like Brady Quinn, uh, Sage Rosenfels of the Houston Texans was brought up last year. The Vikings offered a third-round pick. The Houston Texans wanted a second-round pick. The Vikings unwilling to give on that, and I don't blame him because despite his solid statistics, Sage Rosenfels is not really somebody who's proven himself as a full-time quarterback. In my opinion, he was a fourth-round pick in 2001 by the San Francisco, by the Washington Redskins. He is 30 years old, going to be 31 on March 6th. So, yeah, he's still got a nice career ahead of him. Now, 2007 was a very attractive year for Sage Rosenfels, and that does tend to happen a lot. A backup, that's how his, uh, that's how the guy playing ahead of him, Matt Schaub, became a starting quarterback because he was a solid backup to Michael Vick in Atlanta. Sage Rosenfels, as mentioned, in 2007, quarterback rating of 85 during uh, Schaub's injuries, as that just seemed to happen constantly with Matt Schaub. <laughs> 15 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Not too bad. Nothing majorly awesome, but not bad. Uh, he did have Andre Johnson to throw to, so it's not like the receivers suck there. So you got to factor that in when you think about Sage Rosenfels, along with this last season when Matt Schaub had, had injury problems after uh, Jared Allen got his knee. Schaub played, or Schaub, uh, Rosenfels played six games. Quarterback rating drops to 80. Not horrible, but look at this. Six touchdowns and ten interceptions. So his stock dropping, in my opinion. I would think you could get him for a third or fourth round pick. That's about what I would offer. Sage Rosenfels, definitely not my top choice for the Vikings next season. Um, they're almost, it's almost like, I don't know, going with a 30-year-old Gus Farratt, really. That's all it really is. Gus Farratt, kind of a spot starter type. That's what Sage Rosenfels is. So, mm, maybe. It just depends on how much the Vikings like him, I guess. And maybe how much of you out there who may have seen him play may also like him. Uh, we'll see. 
we will see about Sage Sausage Rosenfeld. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and now the final choice out of the six choices, at least at this particular time, until other ones come through the woodwork. Maybe you out there also, listeners, know of some other available quarterbacks that could possibly help this team. But now the guy I'm going to bring up, of course, this guy is purple written all over him for the last year and a half. Derek Anderson, quarterback, Cleveland Browns, had that awesome year, or at least awesome couple of months with the Cleveland Browns. His numbers in 2007 were pretty dang awesome. Before December, December when everything went downhill for him and the Cleveland Browns, his quarterback rating in 07, he played all 16 games, quarterback rating 82 and a half, 29 touchdowns against 19 interceptions, about 3,800 yards. Um, very solid numbers. He did fumble the ball five times, which isn't horrible, but it's not great. you got to protect the ball a little better than that, in, if, in my opinion. Um, but the numbers were pretty awesome until December, and uh, that, that was kind of a, a red flag. That was a red flag. Uh, Garrick Anderson's stock was at an all-time high. It's a good thing we didn't buy it <laughs> last year when you look at how things turned. turned excuse me. And the Vikings did make the playoffs anyway, so, oh, goody. I mean, they didn't win anything, but they made it without Derek Anderson. Because last year, Derek Anderson in 10 games, horrible. Uh, 66.5 quarterback rating, and he did have an injury, he did have injury problems, along with the fact that, uh, Brady Quinn was breathing down his back almost all year. A lot of people were looking, just waiting for the coaching staff to make the change, and even the ownership group to ask the coaching staff to make a change to the golden boy, Brady Quinn. And uh, it definitely affected Derek Anderson's performance. And uh, I don't know. I think when Derek partially part of it is, Derek Anderson hit a wall in December. To me, that just says NFL defenses found weaknesses in Derek Anderson. And uh, to this point, he has not made those adjustments. He did finish fairly strong in the last couple of games he was able to play this year before also being out for this season. But uh, um, overall, the only good thing about him having a crap a year last year is that you won't have to pay as much to get Derek Anderson. I'm thinking maybe third, fourth round pick again. Uh, if that, who, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe his value isn't even that high. That's just uh, my point of view at this particular time from what I've seen in the past in trades. But uh all bets are off, though, if you get Derek Anderson. Are you going to get Jekyll or Hyde? Are you going to get the quarterback that threw 29 touchdowns? Are you going to get the guy who was mediocre at best, if not horrible, the first couple months this year? He was horrible, in, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, I had him in fantasy football early on, and boy, oh, boy, did I take it. <laughs> boy, oh, boy, did I take it to the chin early on. Luckily, my season turned around dramatically when Kurt Warner was a part of my team. But, um, yeah. Those are your choices, folks. Nothing majorly exciting right there, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's what you got to do if you're looking for a free agent quarterback or a possible quarterback available via trade. That's the direction we're headed right now. Other than possibly making a draft pick, or do you really want Gus Farad or Tavares Jackson? Do you really want Tavares Jackson to be the starting quarterback next year, along with Coach <laughs> Brad Childress? Ugh. I don't know about this right now, folks. I really don't. I'm having a hard time feeling too excited about it. So 
I got to go with one of those free agents to me, or free agents or possible trades, you know, as trade of available quarterbacks via trade. I got to go with Matt Hasselbeck if you want my opinion. Do check out the polls on the sportsstuff.com where it says Purple Mafia, the podcast section. Purple Mafia, you can vote on one of those six quarterbacks mentioned as it asks the very question, which one would you pick? Mark Bulger, Matt Hasselbeck, Jeff Garcia, Matt Castle, Sage Rosenfels, or Derek Anderson. That is the poll, thesportstuff.com. Do check it out. Real quick, I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about the second round of the division, or, the divisional playoff round of the NFL right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 23. A reminder for iPod users, check out Brave the Wild, the Minnesota Wild podcast on thesportsstuff.com and iTunes. I am the host of that as well. Check it out. All right, super duper quick. We're going to get into, we're going to talk about two quick headlines in the NFL. The Broncos officially hire Patriots coordinator Josh McDaniels to be their new head coach. He is 32 years old, offensive coordinator. He signed a four-year deal to replace Mike Shanahan, who was fired December 30th after 14 seasons with a 146-92-91 and 92, 91 record, including two world championships with the Denver Broncos, was Mike Shanahan. Now, uh, of course, the Broncos see the offensive talent on their team, at least at the quarterback and receiver positions, the passing game itself. Um, yeah, that could be a really good deal. Only 32 years old, Josh McDaniels. He guided that insanely awesome New England Patriots offense. Patriots continue to lose (laughs) coordinators over the years, and that's a shame because it's just that's what happens when you have a dynasty type team. You're going to lose people. The 49ers have have uh, people in their program all over the NFL, the 80s and 90s Niners all over the NFL, and uh, man, (laughs) it's a busy, busy place. Tony Dungy. One other news, Tony Dungy, Colts, Colts coach, the first black coach to ever win a Super Bowl in, and that was in 2006, defeating the Chicago Bears over who would have been the other first black coach, <laughs> Lovey Smith. So it was going to happen either way. But, uh, yeah, Tony Dungy's the guy that got it and he is retiring from the Indianapolis Colts and, uh, he had a history with the Minnesota Golden Gophers and the Minnesota Vikings as defensive coordinator. The Gophers, he was a player here and a defensive coordinator with the Vikings, a fantastic defensive coordinator, but we all knew he was going to leave as a head coach at some point in time because he was too darn good. And, yeah, he's got the ring to prove it as the head man in Indianapolis. Great seasons with Tampa Bay. Uh, I have a lot of respect for this man. He's a born-again Christian guy. I just, you know, I – Deeply respect and uh, wouldn't have minded him as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings at some point in time. Doesn't look, doesn't look like that's going to happen now. And um, congratulations on a great career, Tony Dungy. And 
hope the best for him as he heads to that next stage in his life. Maybe he'll be a GM somewhere. Who knows? All righty then. Now let's get on to the postseason once again. First, we'll start off with the Saturday games, January 10th, and the only game that I was correct on in the playoffs, Baltimore defeating Tennessee 13-10. to Congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens with a rookie quarterback, Joe Flacco, advancing to the AFC Championship game and beating a team that I thought they were a little bit, you know, <laughs> a little bit overrated. And you could see, you could see the hot air in their, in their balloon starting to dwindle. You could just see it. You'll see the air coming out of that balloon uh, late in the year, and that's what happens. Baltimore, also a battle-tested team that can win on the road, has done it multiple times this year against pretty talented teams, and, uh, of course, they did that just to get to the second-round game. Baltimore Ravens, I think, a legitimate possibility of sneaking into the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles or the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see what happens. In that front, first and foremost, though, we're going to get into the game that just was amazing. The Arizona Cardinals defeat the Carolina Panthers 33-13. to What happened? What happened? Uh, I was a little bit late getting to this game. I just turned the TV on. It's 27-7, to and I'm like, what? I mean, I literally thought the score would be the opposite way around. I thought Carolina was a team equipped, ready to make a run. <sighs> but with a bumbling goofball like Jake DeLome is a quarterback who threw so many interceptions, made so many mistakes in this game, and he's constantly screaming and acting like a goofball. Um, that's what happens. Arizona Cardinals have awakened from their late-season swoon. Uh, Tennessee Titans went down the toilet, but not the Cardinals. The Cardinals have awoken, and they look fantastic and are a legitimate shot to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll get into that really quickly, who I think is going to make it on the NFC side. But, uh, yeah, Kurt Warner, very good, more than good enough to win this game, completing 21 of 32 passes, throwing a touchdown and an interception. Jake DeLome, though, quarterback rating 39. Five interceptions, five interceptions in this game. Made so many mistakes, it was unbelievable. Uh, Antrell Roll, that guy is the MVP of these Arizona Cardinals in the postseason. He has been fantastic defensively, of course, getting one of the interceptions in this game. Uh, and, uh, man, that guy can change a game all by himself uh, in that secondary. He has been fantastic. Neil Rackers made four field goals as well. Thanks to the uh, offensive prowess of Kurt Warner. And because uh, the running game in Arizona is okay. Edron James had an okay game, 57 yards and a touchdown. Tim Hightower on less rushes, 76 yards. Not bad. Not great, but not bad. They form a little duo there. Good enough to take this team to the NFC Championship game. Uh, Anquan Bolden injured and did not play in this game. But Larry Fitzgerald took over with eight catches, 166 yards and a touchdown including one of the 41-yarder early on in the game. and uh, Or not early on, about about halfway through the game. That was pretty much when Carolina, Carolina knew they were in huge trouble. That was when it made 27-7. to Just a fantastic play. Larry Fitzgerald. And, uh, wow, Arizona Cardinals are looking like that team they were earlier in the year. And that's why they are in the NFC Championship game. Now we get on to Sunday, January the 11th. Wow. This was the game of the week to a lot of people, and I wouldn't blame them. This classic East 
coast or eastern, whatever, <laughs> New England type of uh, matchup, division rivals, Philadelphia and New York. Uh, I picked the New York Giants to not only win this game, but win the Super Bowl. No, they did not win this game, and they are not going to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia defeats the Giants 23-11. to Cannot believe it. Uh, pretty much from the get-go, the Giants couldn't really do anything. Eli Manning looked like the same guy he was in the past, like before last season's run. A guy who made a lot of mistakes in the past, like he did against the Minnesota Vikings in that crazy 42-17 to game for the, for the Vikings. McNabb wasn't great, only a 58 quarterback rating, but the wind was a huge factor in this game. Killing the passing game for both teams. It was pretty much the defenses that won this game. Uh, Jacobs, Earth, Earth Jacobs got 19 rushes, or had 19 rushes, 92 yards on the ground. He was the offensive MVP, I'd have to say, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jackson did good as well, 81 catches, or 81 yards with four catches. Um, not a bad game at all. Uh, wind, Ward, Wind Ward for the Giants had, nine, had 46 yards. So their, their running game did what they could. But they, they didn't. They certainly didn't dominate these Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles a bad matchup for New York on this particular day. And uh, McNabb has been to the big game. Manning has won the big game. So both of them have been there. But this is just not the day for Eli. It's not the day. The Eagles, I can imagine, are hungrier because they do not have rings. And the Giants do. And I think that was the difference in this particular day. That's just the way it goes. And the final game. Pittsburgh beats San Diego 35-24, to so the little run for the San Diego Chargers coming to an end once again. They were only 8-8, eight and eight, but they did get to the second round. Give them credit. But uh, Pittsburgh Steelers pretty much had this game in hand all the way, other than a solid start by San Diego, keeping themselves in the game. They actually led 10-7 to in the first half. It was a good start to the game for San Diego. Good first half for them. Willie Parker, though, Finished a good, solid drive by the Pittsburgh Steelers down the stretch. He had 146 yards and two touchdowns in the game. The overall best player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The 2005 Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, hey, it worked out great. Ben Roethlisberger looking all right. He's back and ready to play, so that's good. Had a very good game with a quarterback rating of about 95. Phillip Rivers' quarterback rating was 105, though. Awesome game for him, but just not good enough, unfortunately. No running game at all for the San Diego Chargers against the Pittsburgh Steelers and their steel curtain. Only 15 yards and 11 rushes for Sproles. And, of course, no LT. Michael Bennett got the ball once, and that was it. Didn't get anywhere. Pittsburgh Steelers run defense about as good as the Vikings, if not better, at this particular time. Um, Wow. They got it done on this day. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are legitimate favorites to go to the Super Bowl. In the AFC Championship game, um, man, that, that is a tough one because Baltimore is so battle-tested, and they have won some games on the road this year. Right now, with the momentum, though, I'm, I'm going to pick the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. I don't really want to because I like I really like the Baltimore Ravens a lot with how that team has made a nice, nice playoff run this year and had a nice finish to the season. I really would love to see them make it, but I think Pittsburgh is going to win. Ever so slightly, I think they're going to win by a little bit. It's going to be a lot tougher than the Charger game for them. But uh, I, I don't know. I can't really see Joel Flacco having success against the Steelers' defense right now. I just can't see it. Even though 
Philip Rivers did have success. He's had just a ridiculous year statistically. So that's going to happen. Uh, so I think it is going to be a Pennsylvania Bowl, folks. I think it's going to be the, the game that the people in Pennsylvania have waited for for a long time and a lot of people believe could happen. Uh, a few years ago I saw this happening, actually, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. This year it will happen, in my opinion. I think Philadelphia continues their run. They're going to go into Arizona, and they're going to win the NFC Championship game. McNabb will get a second chance to win a Super Bowl, and Ben Roethlisberger will have his chance to win his second Super Bowl. And we'll see what happens there. Um, <laughs> I am not going to pick a winner in that in that game because obviously it hasn't happened yet. And, uh, yeah, making all these picks gets kind of silly sometimes. But uh, that's what I believe is going to happen. And we'll see how these teams play this coming week. And we'll have a show next week to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl next week sometime when I get the chance to do this show. Whichever day it is, I'm not sure yet because of the schedule. Happy enough or lucky enough to get it done right away here on Monday this week. I thank each and every one of you for listening once again, and I hope you enjoyed it. Do vote on the polls about who you'd like to see or who could possibly be the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings in 2009. And don't forget to comment and give your opinion as to why you would like to see ex-quarterback to be the starter with the Vikings next season. Thank you again for listening. Hope you have a great week, and we'll be right back at you next week. Take care.